0: Do you sometimes have strange dreams that cause you to wonder what's going on in your brain at night? Do you have a recurring dream that causes you to wonder what it means? Do you ever wonder what you could learn from your dreams? If you answered yes to any of those questions, today's episode is for you. I'm talking to Jesse Lyon. He's a licensed mental health counselor in Florida. He works with adults and teens on a variety of issues in his therapy office, like depression, anxiety, and relationship issues but he also specializes in helping other people understand the thoughts and emotions behind their dreams. He's the co-creator of the Dream App. Some of the things he talks about today are what we can learn from our dreams, what specific dreams might mean, like when you dream you're falling or when you dream you forgot to wear your clothes, and what our dreams can reveal about our health and mental health. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for The Therapist Take. It's the part of the show where I'll give you my take on Jesse's strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. So here's Jesse Lyon on what your dreams say about you. Jesse Lyon, welcome to the Very Well Mind podcast.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. This is great. I've been uh, looking forward to this.
0: So I'm excited to talk to you for a couple of reasons. One of them, I'd love to know what all my dreams mean. Number two, I'm a therapist. And as a therapist, like I can remember people who come into my office and they'd be like, can you interpret my dreams for me? But there was often this idea that dream interpretation isn't scientific, it's just something somebody made up. But that's evolved, I think, over the most recent years, where we're seeing more and more information and research coming about dreams. Can you talk a bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, dreams used to be like the beginning window into mental health for so long, and then they fell out of favor with like the advent of CBT and all these like peer reviewed and research therapy techniques. Not that dream research and dream interpretation isn't peer-reviewed and researched. It's just like it was kind of not cool. CBT was the cool thing. And so it's only very recently that dreams and the science connected to dreams has kind of come back into the public eye and kind of come back into favor. And we're seeing some really just incredible science come out of using dreams for mental health. One of them being... There's some really great studies showing that the use of dreams in counseling therapy drastically improves the efficacy of the therapeutic session.
0: So as a therapist, then how often do dreams come up as a topic of conversation in your office?
1: You know, it really depends on the person. So some people are really interested in dreams. And then sometimes you get those uh, overly critical, overly analytical types who are just like, dreams don't mean anything. I don't want to bring those into the session. It's like, hey, you know, if the technique works for you, if that's congruent with like who you are, then like, let's use it. But I find myself often encouraging people, whether they use dreams explicitly in their therapy sessions or not, I find myself encouraging people to use that dream type of creativity, Uh, Whether it's in their waking life or dream life. And that really just kind of reignites their emotional well being.
0: So, what can we learn from our
1: dreams? Man, so much. I think what's fascinating for me is you know, we spend a third of our life sleeping. And we've found that we dream in actually all stages of sleep, not just REM sleep like it was previously thought. So there's this whole one-third of your life that's spent in this altered state of consciousness. And we can learn so much from that altered state of consciousness, just like we're learning a lot about psychedelic therapy and psychedelic-assisted therapy and how it can really create some new neural connections. Well, dreams are the time in our life when we're creating new neural connections and processing the experiences that we've had in our waking life. From that processing, we can learn so much about what's really affecting us, the truth about our mental health, without all of the noise of our conscious, critical, overthinking mind getting in the way and kind of causing us to lie to ourselves. It's like the best window into the truth about our actual psyche.
0: So are our brains really like trying to work through problems in our sleep, maybe things that we don't work through during the day? Is it trying to solve issues or bringing up things that maybe we're not even aware that are a problem for us?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's two primary objectives that dreams accomplish while you sleep. Uh, and we split those two into REM and NREM sleep. So the first, REM sleep, is when your brain is creating new neural connections. And this is why you'll see infant babies. I just recently became a father myself a month ago. And so I'm watching my infant like having all this REM sleep. He's creating new neural connections inside of his brain. His brain's developing. And that happens to us as adults as well, where we're creating these new neural connections. And then in NREM sleep, our mind is deepening existing neural connections. So we're synthesizing new information and we're deepening existing information. So that way we can run faster, jump higher, and you know do those routines that we already know, but we can do them faster and with more proficiency. That's why sleep is so important for those who are practicing sports or those who are working on their physical health too.
0: And why is it that sometimes we remember our dreams and sometimes we don't? Do you think we dream every night regardless of whether we wake up remembering them?
1: Absolutely. And the research would really confirm that. So when we scan people's brains while they sleep, you're dreaming every time you sleep because it's a it's a necessary part of the healing process of sleep. Uh, but what happens is when we wake up, I don't know if you're guilty of this, like I'm guilty of this, but first thing I do is I jump on my phone, look at my calendar for the agenda of the day. Right. Well, as we know, memory is very much connected with your emotions. So if you have a particularly intense dream that's like very emotional, you're more likely to remember it because that's how we encode memories in the hippocampus. But if you jump right on your phone and, you know, check your agenda for the day, well, you're not prioritizing your dream memory. And so your brain's like, oh, well, I guess we don't care about that dream we had. I guess we care more about, you know, you know brushing our teeth or checking our agenda or checking our email. So we'll just let that leave. And that's really where some people have the misunderstanding that, oh, I don't dream. Well, you do dream, but you haven't set yourself up in the right way to remember those dreams and to really gain the mental health benefits that your dreams can give you.
0: And is that why sometimes maybe halfway through the day, you'll be reminded of something that sparks like, oh, yeah, I had a dream about that last night.
1: Yeah, because memory is so contextual, right? And we have to have like memory triggers. So, you know, those dreams are in there. You had them. And then you're like, you know, in a weird experience throughout the day. And you're like, wait a minute. had a dream about this. Right. A little deja vu kind of, you know?
0: What are the most common things people dream about?
1: Man, the most common things, uh, overarchingly, like number one, relationships. It's the number one topic that people dream about. And I think it just goes to show us how important relationships are like to our lives and to us as human beings and our mental health. Uh, So a lot of dreams about like, why why do I keep dreaming about my ex? Why do I keep dreaming about having sex with people that I didn't think I was romantically attracted to? Why am I dreaming about my crush? Or why do I keep dreaming about my partner cheating on me? Those are definitely the number one dreams that I really run into in my practice and we run into at Dream App.
0: Can we talk a little bit about what some of those dreams then might actually mean if you are having those dreams?
1: Yeah, so let's go back to what we talked about a minute ago. You know, your brain is trying to deepen neural pathways and create new neural pathways. So when you're going through a difficult situation in your life and your ex pops up, A lot of people get very unsettled by that because nobody likes their ex typically. You know, it's a strange situation. It's uncomfortable. But when you start a new relationship or maybe you're about to get married, your mind is trying to make sense of this new experience. So it's going back to your previous history to make it contextual, right? So I'm starting this new relationship. Well, let me think about my ex. What worked? What didn't work? What did I like about them? What did I not like about them? So that way I can bring that insight into my current relationship so I can live happier, healthier and more connected with this person that I love. So that's what the brain's really trying to do.
0: So that makes sense. And then what about when you have a dream that you are having sex or you're romantically attracted to somebody that maybe you thought you weren't romantically attracted to in real
1: life? Yeah. So sex is uh, all about connection. The part of our brain that dreams is kind of back here, the back part of the brain. Uh, And it's the larger part of the brain too, everything aside from the prefrontal cortex. Uh, and that part of the brain is very much connected with your body. And we kind of call it the animal or reptilian brain, right? So sex is a huge symbol for connection. So if you dream about having sex with your boss, it may represent that you want more power and authority in your life. You dream about having sex with a celebrity. It may mean that you wish to be more valued and more appreciated by those around you because celebrities are really popular. If you're dreaming about having you know, sex with a comedian, maybe you wish you could just be more creative and funny and not so uptight in your waking life. So it's all about connection. And each of those people that you're connecting to in that sex dream symbolizes something that you want more of in your own life.
0: And then what about the cheating dreams when you dream that somebody's cheating on you?
1: Some of the most difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. So cheating dreams, there can be, there can be two really common uh, meanings to cheating dreams. Um, one, and this is the smaller chance, uh, sometimes... When you're going through your waking life, your mind is picking up on a lot of cues from this relationship with your very intimate partner. And when something's a little bit off, you may not consciously recognize it, but subconsciously, unconsciously, you're really picking up on these cues. Your brain starts to make sense of those cues while you sleep and says, hmm, they may be cheating on me. Something may not be right here. The connection that we typically have is not present anymore. Now, that's a very small percentage of the time. It accurately predicts cheating the more common, I'd say like 95% of the time, is it's very much a symbol that we don't feel worthy of our partner's love. Mm. We feel like we're not really all that they hope to be. We're not actually fulfilling them in the way that we want. And we're afraid that they're going to leave for somebody who's better than us or somebody who deserves that love more than we do. And so really those dreams, I would say 99% of the time, have a lot to do with self-confidence and feeling worthy in that relationship. So it's a huge, huge warning sign. That says, hey, like, this could cause some real rift in your relationship. It's time to value yourself and really, you know, put yourself in the relationship and accept that love.
0: Interesting. I think a lot of people wake up very disturbed, right? When we have those kinds of dreams thinking like, Oh
1: yeah, they're, they're terrible. You know, it really, it'll shake the rest of your day. Sometimes the rest of your week, when you have a dream about your partner cheating, those are tough.
0: And what about nightmares? Like what can we learn from nightmares and why do we have those?
1: Yeah. So we actually did a fantastic study uh, about the dreams of Ukrainians who are going through the war in the Ukraine. Um, we did a survey and a study with 700, over 700 uh, people who were in the Ukraine or directly affected by the war. Uh, and so what we found through that research and even research from years prior um, is that the mind is rehearsing when something very terrible happens. And we see this in PTSD dreams in my personal practice as well. The mind is rehearsing these terrible events. And by going back over these terrible events, it's looking for ways to keep itself safe. It's looking for ways to engineer new escape routes or new ways to kind of manage this stress because it was so, so traumatic. So it can be very difficult to relive those experiences, but I understand what the brain's trying to do. It's looking for ways to protect ourselves, And the brain thinks that by going over them time and time again, we'll gain new insight about how to be safe. So it's kind of a rehearsal process.
0: How do you help people who experience a lot of nightmares? Like I've had people come into my therapy office who become terrified of going to sleep at night because it's so scary and it's so disturbing and they wake up in the middle of the night screaming or they wake up in the morning and and they're just so affected by it that they then dread going to sleep again. What do you find works with helping people work through this when they're struggling with that?
1: That's a huge one. People delaying sleep and really like pushing that back because they're so afraid to fall asleep. Um, Well, let's, let's go back to the science, right? Dreams do two things, new neural connections, deepen neural connections. So if you haven't processed your day while you're awake, your sleep has a lot of work to do. And so that could be very emotional and very intense work because you've got to process your experiences in order to make sense of them and in order to move forward in a healthy manner. So if you can start to work with a therapist, get in counseling, talk even with just a good friend or journal about these things and relieve some of the psychic pressure that your mind has, while it sleeps, you won't be so overloaded in your dreams and you'll be able to process while you're awake, kind of relieving some of that emotional pressure. Yeah. That's the number one recommendation I can give.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. And I've worked with other people who found it helpful when they would kind of like rewrite the ending to the story, if they woke up and they were in the middle of a nightmare and then they were like, well, how would I wanted this dream to end if I finished the story out? And some people say that that was really helpful to them too.
1: Yeah, that's one of the many techniques that can be very helpful is, you know, because the brain's looking for new solutions to this traumatic event, if you rewrite the ending and start to actively participate in the work that the brain is trying to do while it sleeps and dreams, um, you can come up with some fantastic solutions. And the research is clear that the moment you bring dreams into the therapeutic session, the efficacy of that counseling session is far greater than it would be otherwise.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. What about so this one isn't necessarily traumatic but it's one of those that I feel like we all have right you show up to school the okay. the first day of school but you're you forgot to wear clothes right why do we all have that kind of a dream at some point <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. So it it does depend on each person's unique connection to the dream, right? So when we talk about dreams and their meanings, uh, we're talking about sort of a generality, right? This is a theme. And what does that theme mean? So each person is going to have a unique connection to that. But uh, oftentimes, school is a time of discovering yourself right? You're really developing your identity. I mean, think about high school. We have so many, especially in Western culture, so many dramas and movies and TV shows about the high school experience because it's a time of forming who you are and discovering yourself. So when you dream about high school or going back to high school, you're really reconsidering who you are, your identity and how you fit into the world. And showing up naked to high school, you may be a little bit embarrassed about your true self and maybe you don't fit in quite the way that you thought. So it's coupling that self-discovery and identity formation with embarrassment and fear about being exposed for who you truly are.
0: Interesting. Okay. So I know so many people have a dream like that, right? As weeks leading oh, up to something new too, same. whether you're going to a new job or something and people will be like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. How about yeah. other common dreams like the flying? I know a lot of people say, I fly in my dreams. What could that mean?
1: Yeah. So flying uh, usually has a lot to do with confidence, right? You know, you think about And this is really where you can see literature and poetry and storytelling, you know, gets a lot of its inspiration from dreams and from from that creative mind. Like you think about the ancient story of Icarus, right? He was overly confident, flew too close to the sun and came crashing down. Well, dreams are using the same metaphor here. Confidence is symbolized by flying oftentimes in our creative self. And so if you're flying high, you're probably feeling really good, feeling confident, you know, you're soaring through your relationship or your. You know, business ventures, right? But if you're struggling to really get off the ground it may mean that you're not feeling like you really are able to get that wind underneath your wings,
0: interesting. And then, on the opposite, what about when you have the dream that you're falling?
1: Yeah. so actually, that's a, that's a great question because that one has a very split meaning. Um, falling emotionally can very much mean that you're feeling out of control. You know, when you're free falling, You think about even uh, the language that we use to describe our personal experiences. My life is in free fall right now. Feels out of control. It's like, okay, yeah, I can see the literary and the emotional connection with falling. Uh, But what's actually interesting is some great research out there about how the mind and dreams interpret sensations from the body. So if you're falling in your dream, there's actually a pretty great connection between falling dreams and hypoglycemia. So, if you eat a lot of sugar before bed, or maybe some simple carbs like white breads, you know, pastas, gosh, guilty. (laughs) And then you go to sleep, that's a lot for your body to break down. And so, you can break that down and have a blood sugar drop while you're sleeping. The body interprets that sensation of your blood sugar dropping as a feeling of like falling. And so, you'll have these very intense falling dreams if you're having a blood sugar problem. So, it's actually a, a great indicator for. Go talk with your doctor. And there's a lot of great physical indicators from dreams that can really give you some insights about your physical health, not just your emotional health.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. You have any more of those about how we might be able to learn something about our physical health from a dream?
1: Absolutely. I think I think one of the most common ones that we talk about is uh, fever dreams. You ever heard about those, right? Yeah. Yeah. So think about it. Your body's all out of sorts. You got a high fever. You're feeling nauseous. You're feeling queasy, maybe a headache. So your dreams will be very bizarre and they'll have some really strange content to them because your body is trying to interpret all of these physical signals and it's just not feeling right, not feeling normal. So your dreams will be abnormal. Uh, Falling dreams, like I said, are another big one. But then um, people who have sleep apnea have been known to have dreams about drowning. Because you think about it, when you're laying on your back, you have that choking sensation because of sleep apnea, not being able to breathe. People will have dreams about being suffocated, being hanged, uh, drowning in pools of water, because the body is interpreting those physical sensations through dream imagery, trying to warn you, saying, hey, something's not right about our physical body here. We need to get this checked out. So again, talk with your doctor. A lot of A lot of things that you experience in your dreams are huge warning signs that can give you insight to not only your emotional health, but your physical health, like I said.
0: And what about dream paralysis? What happens when we experience that? What's really going on?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I I tell you what, every time I do a TikTok live or I'm talking on social media, I always get a comment about sleep paralysis and being paralyzed in bed. Um, So it's very interesting, right? Every time that you sleep, every time that you dream. Your mind disconnects from your body. Because think about it. If you're running in your dream, jumping, flying in your dream, you don't want to fly out of bed. You know, or you know, you're swinging at that monster, that boogeyman. You, know, you accidentally hit your partner. That's not great. <laughs> it, might, it might make you sleep on the couch after that. But uh, the mind disconnects from the body. So that way we don't act out these physical things. However, that disconnect can be interrupted. Right? Normally, we fall asleep Our mind starts to wind down and our body starts to disconnect. It happens all in sync. You don't even realize that it's happening. But if you're taking a new medication, if your diet's a little bit messed up, if you're extra stressed, maybe struggling with emotional health, or you just have a poor sleep schedule, your body can actually disconnect from your brain before your eyes close. And so as you fall asleep, you'll be stuck there. Your brain is giving signals to your body to move, but your body's not receiving the signals. Which is normal in a dream state, but your eyes are still open because that that you know linear progression got disrupted. Now it can happen both ways too. It can happen as you're falling asleep and as you're waking up, and there's two names for it. Um, oftentimes, when this happens, we'll actually see dream images projected on the real world. You know, so you'll see the these shadowy figures, or a lot of people talk about the old hag who like sits on their chest. It's this shadowy, like dark figure of a person who sits on them very heavy and oppressive. Uh, those are called hypnagogic or hypnopompic hallucinations hmm. because you're seeing dream images while your eyes are still open. So it can be very unsettling because that's not a normal experience. The research is pretty okay. Like it's a, simp- it's a symptom that you need to go talk with your doctor about, but it's not really threatening. Like you're going to be okay. Nobody's ever been stuck in sleep paralysis for a long time. You always wake up, um, but it's not a pleasant experience.
0: Right. I remember that used to happen to me a lot when I worked awake overnights. So I used to work at a homeless shelter when I was in college. So I'd stay up all night. That makes sense. Go to class all day. And then I'd be sleeping. And it was like, I would be trying to wake up. And yet I felt like I couldn't move. And I would always have this like dream that I was at work and I, I was falling asleep at work and I was trying to wake myself up. And then I would, and it, it was terrible.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so stressful. It's so stressful. Especially those work dreams too. Like when you're work stressed, then you're like, your mind is trying to prepare you for the next day, but it ends up just repeating like your job while you sleep. So right. it's like you work while you're awake, you work while you're sleeping. You're like, can I catch a break?
0: Right. And then on the opposite end of that, is that why sometimes like as a kid, I used to sleepwalk and I'd talk in my sleep all the time. Still do occasionally wake myself up because I'm talking out loud. Is that just on the opposite end because we, our brain and our body isn't in sync?
1: Yeah, my my poor wife, I'm a sleep yeller. If I oh. get super stressed, I'll just like, I'll just be like, ah.
0: <laughs> scares, awesome, right.
1: Scares the boogers out of her. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, you know, especially like I think about my, my infant son who was just born, you know, he'll do all sorts of crazy things and noises while he's, uh, he's asleep because his brain's creating new connections. So as we grow up, you know, we're ch- children, our brains are still forming. So sometimes it's like shooting out these neural signals, but they get lost along the way. <laughs> and so you'll yell, you know, you'll sleepwalk, you'll, you know, make funny movements and stuff because the brain is still developing and hasn't fully coded all those dendrites and axons and neural connections, right? And so sometimes those electrical signals that shouldn't go from the brain to the body while we sleep, uh, make it through because the brain of a child is still developing. So yeah, you see it a lot more in uh, in children. And also that's why children have um, a lot more instances of night terrors. You'll see that a lot more in children than you will in adults.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. How about uh, the concept of lucid dreaming? Something that I've heard more about recently, but can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so lucid dreaming has has really kind of come very much into focus over the recent years. Um, There's some really, really great researchers out there. Uh, DreamApp and myself are a part of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And they're just putting out some wonderful literature about lucid dreaming. Um, Really until the last couple of years, they thought that lucid dreaming uh, was when your prefrontal cortex was activated while you were sleeping, right? So your, your brain is dreaming and doing all this awesome stuff and your prefrontal cortex becomes activated, allowing you to actively participate in your dreams. Some people even able to control their dreams. But as the research has kind of continued, they've come to find out it's actually just a normal REM state. You know, there's actually no difference, Um, but people are able to participate in their dreams. So for research purposes, any time that you are aware that you're dreaming, that counts as a lucid dream. There's insight and self-awareness to it. And the real benefit of lucid dreaming is it allows you to kind of gain those firsthand insights in real time, like in the present moment, while your brain is processing the data from your day. And what's interesting is they'll actually teach uh, military veterans and those with PTSD how to lucid dream. So that way they can interrupt and stop and change those post-traumatic nightmares when they start to occur. So lucid dreaming is actually something that anybody can do. It's something and a skill that anybody can learn Um, but what usually happens is it takes practice. So it really does from the research take about three to six months of consistent practice to be able to make that a part of your routine. Um, and most people don't have the attention span to practice every night for three to six months to get that to happen. But some people really do. And some people are naturally very gifted at lucid dreaming. And, um, I mean, geez, some of the most creative and inventive minds that we know Um, gained a lot of insight from dreams and used lucid dreams to invent things, come up with new ideas, be creative. Um, Yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff just that we can tap into this altered state of human consciousness and use it for self-development and human development.
0: If somebody wants to learn how to do it, where do you recommend they go or how should they get started with that?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of great uh, creators online who make content. Some good YouTubers, some good uh, TikTokers. Actually, I'm a big TikToker myself, of course. Um, but really the, the best research stuff is um, by Dr. Stephen LaBerge. Um, he's the pioneer into lucid dream research. And he coined um, a couple lucid dreaming techniques in order to help you kind of get started. So I would really recommend looking into him and reading his books because he's really the godfather of the whole thing. But suffice it to say, like the, uh, the Cliff Notes version, right? How you get it to happen is uh, you start to test reality, right? So you and I are in waking consciousness right now. If I try and push my fingers through my hand, well, that's not something you can do in waking life. But if I continue to test whether reality is real throughout my day, I make that a part of my unconscious habits. So then I'll, I'll actually try and push my fingers through my hands in a dream, and my fingers will go through my hand. And I'll be like, oh my God, I'm dreaming. And then the lucid dream begins. So once you start to make reality testing a part of your daily practice, uh, you start to bring that into your dream and you can start to tell that you're dreaming and maybe even start to participate in that creative experience. Oh, that's kind of fascinating. Interesting. It really is. It's just like, wow, uh, you can tell this is this is why I've dedicated my life to this stuff because it's just unreal. It's just the the amount of potential that we have for personal development, emotional development and understanding the brain and just the powerful machine that sits between our ears, um, just unrivaled. It's so cool.
0: Do you recommend that people try to make some sense out of their dreams or figure out how to learn from their dreams? What do you recommend to people?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And that's really where all of the things that I've done and all the businesses I've been a part of um, have been spawned is that belief that dreams can really help us achieve the next level of our personal development and emotional health. Uh, But I'll give a caveat. I think a lot of people look to dream dictionaries or to astrological or symbolic kind of explanations. And I think that's really a mistake. The real benefit of dreams, uh, dream science and dream therapy is self-reflection. So it's like journaling, but just to the next level. Um, It allows you this creative image and this metaphor for your life that gives you the opportunity to process in a way that usually your conscious and overthinking mind gets in the way of. So making those dreams a part of your everyday life, writing them down and reflecting on them without sticking to an overly rigid dictionary type of interpretation just has some amazing mental health benefits. And we've seen that over and over again. You can learn a lot about yourself from what your brain does while you sleep.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm glad you brought up the the dream dictionary. I remember my friend when we were kids had this, you know, little cheesy flip dictionary and we'd look stuff up to see what it means. If you dreams about this, then X and, you know, looking things up that probably were made up by somebody anyway, who had a really creative mind, but not necessarily accurate in terms of what those dreams really meant. So writing in a dream journal, anything else people can do or when do you recommend somebody get professional help or talk to a therapist about their dreams?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you use a dream dictionary, no shame on that. You know, Sometimes I recommend people looking into their dreams personally and seeing what personal emotional connections they make to those images. Um, But if you get kind of stuck on something and want to use a dream dictionary to spark your own creativity without sticking to it rigidly, I super believe in that. I think that's great. When do I recommend people kind of seeking professional help? I mean, I think everyone should go and get a mental health checkup. I'm a huge, obviously, as a counselor, proponent of mental health and checking in on yourself. So I think that should just be a normal part of our everyday routines. But if you start to really experience some negative side effects, like you're struggling to sleep, you're delaying your sleep because you're afraid of your dreams, you know, they're troubling you, they're entering into your day and causing you to not be able to focus and be distracted because of how intense they are that's a great time to like go talk with a counselor or go talk with your doctor. Even Uh, just pay attention to what your body's trying to tell you because it's speaking to you. But the question is, are you going to listen?
0: Oh, that's a good point. Right? Sometimes we want to, we only want to hear what we want to hear. Right?
1: I know I'm guilty of it too.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. We all are right. And you nod and smile like, yes, I'm going to floss my teeth more or whatever it is. Somebody tells you to do, but then we don't necessarily go home and do those things or don't put those things into practice. But overall, then I guess, well, maybe one other thing I want to talk about is like on your social media, and I'm, we're going to link to your social media because I want everybody to follow your social media accounts because you have oh, this you. huge following where you do talk about dreams and lots of interesting content there. But sometimes you say there are certain dreams that we shouldn't ignore. Are there certain things we should definitely be paying attention to if we dream about them?
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit tongue in cheek because my personal opinion is pay attention to all your dreams. Okay. Right? So the, the secret is the dreams you shouldn't ignore, uh, all of them. <laughs> Okay, but but I think the ones that have uh, I'll give I'll give two pieces of advice. Right, uh, the dreams that seem particularly bizarre and like they have no meaning, pay special attention to that because those dreams that seem extra bizarre and seem like they have no meaning usually hold the deepest insight because our mind is afraid to be too literal about what they actually mean. So it's almost like we're afraid to really confront just whatever dark, deep hold there is inside of our emotional self. And so our dreams will kind of disguise that in super bizarre dreams. So if you're having very weird dreams that seem not to make sense, pay special attention to those and go talk with a counselor through them. But then the other ones are those that are particularly emotional. If you have really emotional dreams and they're really pulling at your heartstrings, um, talk those ones through. There's usually a lot of insight and a lot of self-development and growth that can happen from those ones because they mean the most. I mean, your amygdala is firing and it's really kind of lighting up your brain as you dream. Because your mind is trying to process something. So give it, give it the help that it needs to process that because your mind and your dreams are trying to take care of you. It's just like, you know, are you going to accept that help and are you going to use that opportunity to grow yourself? A lot of people, I think, miss out on it.
0: I think so too. I think we often just think of dreams as a way our brain sits around and tells some stories sometimes. But a lot of people, yeah. myself included, sometimes have ignored dreams or not really paid attention to them or not really spent much time thinking about what they might mean.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's really kind of how I got started on it. I had a terrible dream when I was a teenager. And I thought to myself as like a little intellectual that I was, I was like, well, dreams are stupid. I'm not going to remember my dreams anymore. And I didn't remember a dream for the next five years. I tell you. And it was as I got into counseling and as I started to work on my mental health that I realized, whoa, I understood what that dream means. It was a lot about my identity and development that I was afraid of. And so now that I understand just the power and just you know what that dream actually meant, it actually took the fear away from it. I didn't have to be afraid of that dream and take it literally. I was able to understand just the personal significance of that image. And then it was really able to inspire me to care for myself in a better way than I think I would have ever been able to otherwise.
0: Well, we're glad that you did, that you took that experience, put it into practice, and that you're now teaching all of us about dreams and how to not be so afraid of them and how to learn from them. And how it does relate to our mental health.
1: Yeah, I've got a tagline. I always say, and at the end of my lives on TikTok, I always say, your mind is not against you. It's just misunderstood. And I hope that's the message that everyone listens to and takes away.
0: I love it. Well, Jesse Lyon, thank you so much for being on the Very Well Mind Podcast and sharing your wisdom with us.
1: Hey, thank you so much. This was an absolute pleasure.
0: Welcome to The Therapist Take. This is a part of the show where I'll break down Jesse's strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. Here are three of my favorite strategies that Jesse shared. Number one, write your dreams down as soon as you wake up. Jesse says the reason we often forget our dreams is because we immediately reach for our phones when we wake up. Or we get up and we start doing things without taking any time to think about what we just dreamed about. He says keeping a pen and notebook close by and taking a few minutes to write down your dreams before you do anything else can help. You can train yourself to recall your dreams By writing them down every day. Number two, reflect on the possible meanings behind your dreams. Remembering your dreams is only one step in the process. The next step is to reflect on the potential meaning. You can always use tools like an app, a book, or even just a quick Google search to see what a specific dream could mean. But you can also just step back and think about what your dream might mean to you. Are you missing a connection you once had to someone? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you searching for something in your life that you haven't found yet? As you write your dreams down more often, you might find there are some common themes that pop up in them. You might notice that there are certain things that you dream about for a while, and then your dreams shift. Or maybe you have a recurring dream that happens at the same time every year. Looking at your patterns might give you some insight into what's going on in your mind. And number three, get mental health support if you need it. If you're disturbed by your dreams, or you really want to know what your dreams mean, consider talking to a mental health professional. Nightmares are sometimes associated with PTSD. But at other times, depression or anxiety might cause bad dreams. I've had plenty of people come into my therapy office who were afraid to sleep because they had such bad dreams. So they often stayed awake as long as they could, but the less they slept, the worse their mental health became. It can be a difficult pattern that's hard to break. If you're struggling with sleep issues that you suspect are mental health related, consider professional help. You might start by talking to your physician if you don't have a therapist already. So, those are three of Jesse's strategies that I highly recommend. Write your dreams down as soon as you wake up, reflect on what they might mean, and get mental health support if you need it. To learn more about Jesse's work as a dream scientist, check out his website, lionmentalhealth.com, as in L Y O N